Hey, hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Mooncast. Today it's just me talking to you today, and I'm going to talk to you about the last few Leshevolt characters that me and Tom didn't talk about in my last podcast. So I'm recording this just after the end of the Kickstarter, about five or six days later, um, which went really well, because obviously when I recorded with Tom it was before the Kickstarter, uh, or it just started, I can't remember, I think it was just before. Yeah, and it went really well. We smashed through our top stretch goal to the and went so far beyond it, we had to quite quickly um, create some more stretch goals. So that was really good. So first of all, thank you to everyone that's backed that, because that's really going to make the Leisure Vault come to life and really going to um, support Goblin King Games to push Moonstone into the future. That's really good, really, really good. So I thought it would be nice to talk about the last few Leisure Vault characters that we didn't talk about. So they are the Wild Things box set, which is Gloom, the Jackalope and Chubbs, Boris the Bunny Summoner, and Lubar the Giant. I'm going to start with... I'm actually going to start with Lubar the Giant, because then I'm going to talk about fawns, um, which the other, the other four all are. Um, so Lubard is, is a giant, so he's got, obviously, as, as you kind of expect, got a lot of health and things. He's got melee 2, melee range of 3, which is pretty good, arcane 2... And evade plus two, which goes in line with the other trolls and giants. Um, I'll just run the rest of his cards. So top passive ability is called Blind Faith. This character cannot take harvest and jog actions if there's a friendly model within four. can only make them if there's a model within four. Plus two to impact damage. So that's quite that's quite good. He's carrying a huge uh, sensor ball. Supposed to be like uh, incense, I think. Then Righteous Fury, which costs three, so it costs more energy than he starts with again. So that's um, in line with a lot of the other Leshebot characters, so he needs support from Brother Daniel or something, or Kavanagh to get the extra energy. Um, <clears throat> it's free to cast, it's just not free to cast. It costs three to cast, but it's an active ability rather than Arcane, so we can just do it. What it means is he gains three energy, so it goes back up to three, plus two melee stat and plus one melee damage. So that would get him on to melee four, and impact damage would be plus three damage, which is pretty horrific if he can get that off. That makes him quite a beast in combat. He's then got Haul In, which is his arcane ability. It's cast on any two, so green, blue, or red two. Three-inch range, and you move the target two inches directly towards this model. So basically what that is, is, is you can move them in in order to be able to do his signature move, which is Crushing Embrace. Crushing Embrace is the same as Boulder has. It does two damage against every um, opposition card, which is really good. So if he's already done Righteous Fury, for example, that's a standard five damage against anything they play. Um, and the end step effect is they have to discard half their energy rounding up. So it is a really, really great um, signature move. It's really good for well, really good for hitting fairies with, because if you, if you don't kill them... They're losing a lot of energy, and against goblins, well, against anyone really, anyone losing energy is horrific. And he's got 14 health, and his energy tokens are on health 5 and health 1, same as most. Oh, his signature move is on thrust as well, and it does impact damage, like I said, so it does quite a lot. Now, it's hard to talk about Lubard. I've used him three times, I think, in games, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't used him particularly well in any of them. <laughs> Uh, one of the first games I played with him was in the three-player game that I played with Jack and Ryan. And he was killed pretty quickly because 
he Jack uh, Ryan managed to cast atrophy on him, and for some reason I stupidly called bluff. I think three times and he lost about twelve health or something, which is pretty horrific. He still managed in that time to then kill Fencer, so he he was good when he did when he hit stuff. He did do did do a really good job. Um, and then the second game I played with him, or no, the third game I played with him, the second one we didn't record, but the third game I played with him, um, I didn't use him very well. I made the mistake of picking up a moonstone with him early because he's only got two energy and I had no one in the troop that could do sort of movement support he got a bit stuck because he could only ever move four inches at the most so he was just kind of dawdling around he couldn't get anywhere he was playing against, against goblins who liked to kind of stay back a little bit anyway so I didn't get much out of him and you know to be fair he held on to that moonstone and he wasn't getting hit by anyone so he kind of did what I wanted he, he you know he you know, I thought I I think I won that game, and I won it because I had more moonstones, and he was holding one of them. So I guess he did that quite well. What I can see with him is he is, he is mainly going and hitting people. Um, is really his main goal. But obviously, you don't want to move too far away from people. You need to stay near people, and that three-inch melee range is really good. But he needs to be within four inches, otherwise he does get stuck if he can't perform jogs or harvests. Um, he could get a bit stuck. And like most people, he needs that extra energy. So easiest one, obviously, by the Daniel giving it to him because he gets it at the beginning of the turn and then he can do Righteous Fury straight away and immediately get that three energy back. That plus two melee and plus one damage is horrible. That means as the attacker, he'll be melee six, which gives him a very good chance of getting thrust off um, and causing quite a lot of damage. Yeah, I, I like I like Lubard. We're, we're working on the model at the moment. Um, he's not been... Uh, he's he's was chosen as the alternative sculpt, so we're looking at how we can how we can improve that. Um, so he's supposed to be blind, which is why the bags over his head. But we're working we're working on that at the moment. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about him because he doesn't. The rest of them are all fawns, and they interact in a fawny kind of way. So um, I want to spend more time talking about them. Um, and really, that's kind of I think he's fairly he's a very simple character. Oh, the yeah, one thing we'll add is he is Commonwealth and Leshevolt. So he can play for both, which is interesting. And he has the cultist keyword, so he can benefit from um, a couple of abilities that affect cultists. Plus he can benefit from a couple of other, because he's a giant, so um, he can benefit from there's another, another giant coming that supports other giants around her. And he will obviously benefit from that as well, which is quite interesting. Let's move on to the rest of the fawns then. I'm going to start with the Wild Things box set and I'm going to end on Boris. So in the Wild Things box set you get Gloom, the Jackalope and Chubbs. And I won't talk about them in that order because I want to talk about Chubbs first. Um, so Chubbs is, is a little, almost like a cheruby kind of fawn. He hasn't got any wings or anything but that's kind of what he looks like with a bow. He's all the fawns at the moment, all the ones I'm talking to you about today, are Commonwealth and Leshevel. I will mention three other fawns, um, because I want to talk about, obviously, how these four will interact with those, because although with the Leshevel and with the new cats coming out, we'll see less of the single-race troops, I think. I think it'd still be nice to mention the other fawns. So actually, before I go on to Chubbs, I'm going to quickly... I'm not going to go over the cards of the other three fawns, but I'm going to give a tiny little bit of background on them so that you can see how these other ones might interact with them. So you've got Jada, Hoff, and Mr. Toodle are the other ones. Jada's a, a soldier, 
Um, she's a sim she's relatively simple soldier. She's probably a bit smaller because she's minus one. She's got a bow, same as Travis had, that she can fire X plus one piercing. And she's got a swift. Um, and she's quite good at finishing people off, basically. Good good about energy, four energy. Um, and she's, quite, she's basically quite a good hitter. Then you've got Hoff, who is quite... He's a soldier again, quite a brutal soldier, can really hurt. Got a melee of five, a two-inch melee range. And has ways of getting more damage, and he can support other fawns with melee and movement as well. Um, and the last one is Mr. Toodle, who's just pretty standard cleric, has got healing spells and supporting spells to give energy and take energy away, and etc. 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 That's them. I'm going to go into more detail about them because I don't want to talk about them, I want to talk about the, the, the Leshevar ones. I don't know at the moment if Jada Hoff and Mr. Toodle are going to be Leshevolt and. Commonwealth combined or just Commonwealth, which is what they are as I speak to you today, but that will come in time. So let's go back to those three Gloom, Jackalope, and Chubbs. I'll start with Chubbs. Melee three, so not awful. Um, we'll, should, should get some defensive cards if he needs it, and if he's attacking, should be able to get some attacking cards if he needs them as well. Melee range of one, that's fairly standard. He's not got any obvious reasons why it should be two. Arcane three and evade minus one, so he is harder to hit, which is quite good. And then he's a weakling though, so minus one damage and plus one energy to harvest as well. That's his only passive ability. His um, active abilities are quite good. And one thing I will say actually before I go any further again, I keep forgetting these things. One thing that's interesting about these three and the other fawns, if they become Leshevolt, not, not Boris, I'll get to Boris later, if they don't have the abilities that are more expensive than their energy allowance to start with. So which which most of the Leshevolt do have at least one ability that costs more than their starting energy. These ones don't. So they can be quite useful in that way that they don't rely on as much on activation order. So Chubbs, he's got two active abilities. Rouse is the first one. It costs three, six inch range. Target four and gains two energy. That's pretty useful, I reckon. If he does it on Gloom, Gloom can cast Atrophy twice. If he does it on Boris, Boris can summon two bunnies rather than one, or he can summon a Jackalope, which costs four. And I'll obviously get to talk with Boris in a bit, and I'll probably mention Chubbs quite a lot, because he's more of a supporty character. We'll talk about the other ones too. So we can also make sure that Hoff has more energy to hit stuff with, or Mr. Toodle has more energy to heal if he's run out of healing energy, and things like that. Got misdirection, cost four. That's his entire energy allowance because he's got six health and four energy. Um, but move target enemy model three inches. So he can and that's I think that's really, really useful. I played a game last night with Jack, and I played a troop that had quite a lot of movement and sort of board control shenanigans, and it made me realise just how useful that is. Being able to move a model off a moonstone, for example, um, or into combat with a giant. If you want, if they're trying to stay away, and that kind of thing, then that misdirection is really potentially really quite useful. He's got two arcane abilities: um, shoot bow, cost three. It's got a ten-inch range. It's X plus one piercing. And the catastrophe is that it can't be used for the remainder of the game, but doesn't cause any wounds. So if you're using it late on in the game, you can risk those catastrophes. Um, and he can't shoot it while he's engaged, but it's it's a pretty good standard. Um, Shooty attack, I think. And if he's playing alongside Brother Daniel, who can give him an extra energy, 
or say Tabby, the librarian, who can move energy around because they're both Commonwealth as well. Um, he could end up buying able to fire that twice and being able to fire a 10 inch range weapon with X plus one piercing twice is quite scary. It doesn't have to reload or anything, that's why it costs three. Um, what I found when I used him, well, that's most useful for is chipping wounds off like the fire spitter because he can stand 10 inches away from the fire spitter, shoot him with his bow, and then move away and actually be out of range of the fire spitter's sort of move and, and, and shooting ability, which is really good. So he can cause damage without the threat of being hit in return. Next ability is a standard healing spell, costs two, eight inch range, heals X plus one wounds, catastrophe suffers two wounds. That's a very standard healing spell. Uh, as I said, his health, he's got six health with four energy. His upgrades on low guard, um, deals none, reduced damage suffered by minus one. And the end effect is quite fun. Choose a character you control, move the enemy up to four inches directly towards that character. The enemy cannot target that character with an act until the end of the turn. So you can really mess someone up. <laughs> um, it's just move an enemy within four inches towards a character. There's no range for that character, so you can move them towards a character who's miles away. It's just to get them out of combat. Um, but they can't target that one. If you can move them within four inches into a character who's um, nearby and, say, in combat, they then can't hit them. So then... They might, they might find that they've, they've lost a lot of the rest of their energy. So that's a, that's a really fun defensive um, signature move. So Chubbs, uh, I would say he's a, he's a supporty character, but obviously because he's got a ta- um, heal and the rouse abilities, but shoot bow is, a, is also useful for just picking off wounds off people. Good late turn against, not so much against fairies, because he's only arcane three, but good against goblins and humans potentially, and... Again, not so much gnomes because their energy is all low down, but good against goblins and humans, I would say, because if you can pick off a couple of wounds late turn, then they're coming back with less wounds. And because it's got a 10 inch range, he's not a threat, particularly of anyone else, apart from a few of the gnomes that have particularly long range abilities. So let's move on to Gloom, who's a fawn wizard. Melee 2, which very standard for a wizard, uh, range 1, arcane 4, evade 0. He's also a weakling, so standard minus one um, damage and harvest actions cost plus one energy. He's also slow, because he's supposed to be this kind of slightly wizened um, fawn wizard. Um, the artwork shows his face is quite covered, which is quite cool. Um, and he's holding like a lantern, which there's a reason why he's holding a lantern, which we'll get to in a bit. He's got a gnarled staff, which is like other passivity, which is plus one impact damage, so that will counteract the weakling if you need it. Um, so he could potentially finish someone off if he needs to. But his main things are his um, arcane and active abilities. So his active ability is called Whisper to the Wild Things. It only costs one. Eight inch range, nice and long. And he can move a target animal two inches. So he works well with a jackalope and he works well with Boris. Then you end up with more animals wandering around. And that I think is really useful. Especially if you've got a jackalope or a bunny who may be holding a moonstone. And you want to get them out of combat. He can move them the two inches so they can probably be out of combat. Then they can jog and use Endy to step to get further away to protect that moonstone. Or on the flip side, you might want to move the jackalope further in so he can then get into combat in his turn. And the same with a murder bunny. Uh, plenty of uses with that, I think. Um, and there's a couple of other creatures. Though. The, the beast is also an animal. So he could also move the beast further up or further away, which is also uh, obviously useful. So it's, it's obviously situational as a lot of abilities are, but 
it's one of those abilities that you might find that one time that you do use it well, um, it, it could be game changing. He's got two arcane abilities, and I'll start with the sort of simpler one I would say, which is atrophy. Cost three, six inch range, target suffers two X magical damage. So potentially really high damage output. Now as standard, he can only cast it once because he's got four energy, but obviously there are ways to give him extra energy. So although he doesn't have an ability that costs more than his energy allowance, he can be given more, can't he? So Brother Daniel typically can give him one more, so he'd be on five. Kavanaugh could give him two more. He can give him two more or one more. I can't remember what his ability is now. But there's a few people that can give him the extra energy, so he could potentially cast it twice. Suffering two lots of 2x magical damage is pretty horrible. In one of the games that I used him, he managed to kill... He didn't do very well. He fired at the fire spitter, and then he did, I think, a couple of damage because I only got um, one, which wasn't, which wasn't great. Uh, but he did then, which basically won me the game, is he managed to cast it on the vicious, vicious midget, and I drew a three, and I murdered it in one go. Um, and he dropped two moonstones, and it won me the game. Um, so he is very good and very scary against people like the Vicious Midget because, um, or someone like well, the Fire Spitter. Anyone who's got minuses to normal non-magical damage, Gloom is quite scary because his atrophy will just go straight through their armour. Um, so I like it's hard to get there, obviously, because um, he's slow. Um he can move, so Shadow Walk is his other ability. That's the idea with lanterns, it creates a shadow which he then kind of jumps into. Um, which it costs two, and it's placed this model within two X. So it's, they're looking for reds, dark in four. There's a good chance you'll get a red. He might be able to move just two, but he might be able to move six. And it's within that, so you can move his base from front to back as well. So he has got some potential. Um, really good movement shenanigans, and particularly if he's had carrying a moonstone, for example, to just get him out of there to cast Shadow Walk. And obviously it's a way of getting him out of combat as well. Now the catastrophe for that is that um, the resisting player may place this model within six, which is a bit horrible, so he could put him then right in the middle of his combat, but guys or something. But, you know, catastrophes aren't usually supposed to be good. Um, I like Shadow Walk. I think it's really useful. I used it quite a lot with him to get him moving up the board a little bit or moving behind cover because um, you know you can avoid cover with it you can just move straight through an obstacle which had a walk um, and I also feel like again if playing with someone like Brother Daniel you could give Gloom one extra energy he's on five so he can do shadow walk and atrophy so he can do his jog cast shadow walk get a bit closer then cast atrophy as well so it gives him a significantly additional threat range to hurt someone with um, I think what I've learned the more I play Moonstone is that movement abilities, ways of controlling either your own movement more or your opposition's movement is really, really powerful because in the end you're trying to get Moonstones and if you can keep the opposition away from the Moonstones by moving them around or you've got more movement to get to the harder to reach Moonstones for example then you're going to win the game and for example with Gloom he was in a game I played with him I did Shadow Walk to make him appear in the middle of like a bog or pond terrain that we had. And normally you'd have to step, step, step to get to it. He did it in one spell. Um, I think that's really good. And, and again, he could do it to jump into a building that's maybe a bit further away. So he doesn't have to jog up to a building, spend two to traverse and go through. He could just jump into it. It's placed him anywhere within 2x. So I really like the movement shenanigans in this in this um, 
uh, working less about in particular, but also with this, with glue in particular, that those movement things I think are really useful. And like with Chubbs, being able to move enemy models around. If you've got Chubbs moving the enemy, Glue moving himself, I just think that's... that's And, you know, Lubar potentially bringing people in with Hall in. Those movement things can really give you a lot of board control. Um, and that's really key uh, key in Moonstone, I think. Especially if you have a, a close Moonstone drop. Um, being able to move them away from them um, is really useful. So here's... He's got seven... Health, four energy. Um, his signature is on low guard. I think it's the same. I can't remember who it's the same as. He's got the same signature as someone else called Slip into the Shadows. Deals none, obviously, because it's a low guard. And you place this model within four. So it's a way of just making him safe. Placing him four inches away. Um, again, within four. So that's front to back of base if you want it to be. Um, so I can help him get out of combat. Which is, which is really useful. I really like Gloom. Um, love the model as well. Slightly creepy, but um, I think it works really well. The artwork that we that we um, uh, worked on together, um, I really really like it. I think what we're going to find is that moving forward, when all these new models are out, when the Lesher are out, and the new Commonwealth and Dominion models are coming out this year, it's going to be really hard to build troops because there's so many cool models. Um, I'll say at the moment. Jack Gloom is not overpowered. I think he's about right. I wouldn't change anything about him or Chubbs. The way I've played both of them, I think they're both good. Um, so the last one on the, the wild things is the jackalope, which is a big animal. It's a big bunny with horns, which is, which is cool by itself. Uh, so he's got melee three. Again, fairly sort of standard. Uh, range one, arcane zero, evade plus one. Cause it's, a, it's a big model. Really big. Um... Passive abilities, he's got razor sharp antlers. Character deals piercing damage, is plus two, so that's pretty good. Standard plus two piercing, and most attacking abilities have piercing. I think all, I think, I think, I can't remember now, top of my head, which is annoying. Pretty sure that falling swing, um, thrust, and rising attack all have piercing on, but I can't entirely remember now. So, but he can do plus two with most, um, most of his attacking cards. Obviously, not with sweeping cut. He's then got Burrowing Claws, so the first time each turn this character performs a harvest action, you may reduce the debt value by two instead of one. Really useful. In mind, the game I played most recently with Jackalope, mainly dug up a Moonstone much quicker, which is just, I mean, anything that makes you dig up Moonstone better is just good. Then, next one is Hippity. You may move freely over intervening obstacles and models during dog actions, provided bases do not overlap at the end. So a bit like um, Fly, from fairies, you can just jump over um, people and um, stuff, which is good. Which also means that, because one thing that I didn't realise for a while, I spoke to Tom about it, is that obstacles include doors. So you can move freely through a door, uh, and fair, fairies can do the same, they can move freely through doors and things. Um, I think that's right, Tom will have to correct me if I got that wrong. So after Hippity is Hop, Hippity Hop. So hop cost two, and you move this model four inches, and you may move freely over obstacles and terrain at the same time, um, which is really good. And I found that's really useful, particularly if he's carrying a moonstone, because then if he's reduced to just two-inch move, but you can still cast to play hop, which is an activity, not an arcane. Still got a six-inch move, which is really powerful. Um, and again, in the game I played with him, he got drawn out to the side a little. I think he could be she. It. <laughs> I'll use it. 
got drawn out a little bit because it picked up Moonstone slightly away from the centre of the board. But it did mean that by turn four, it was right in the middle of the board again because he got those ex all the extra movement just to get there. And that was out and that was without using Gloom to say move him another two inches. Signature move is rising attack. Um it's called Gore. Um pretty good. Extra damage. It's got its piercing, so um damage is two, 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 three, two. So it does quite a lot of damage. And it will even do damage against a low guard, uh, which is good. So it says piercing. Obviously, those aren't two, 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 three, two. That's actually four, 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 five, four because of the plus two piercing. Um, and it moves the enemy model one inch away. So that's always tricky with that one, isn't it? Because you, you might want to kill them. Um, but it's a good damage dealing. Um, if, you, if you're doubling it, it's suddenly six damage or or um, eight damage that you're doing. Which, I mean, if you get, this, get it against a sweeping cut, it's probably going to kill them. Existing eight damage. Uh, Ten health with three energy and a forty mil base. So quite resili resilient in terms of having a lot of health. No, also obviously no um, damage resistance buffs at all. So what I found with Dakalope is when I played them recently, played him recently. Doug managed to get into combat and got into combat having both charged and having raiding party from Dominion and. Um, well, I had an injury reaction, thankfully, so I didn't suffer any, but like I suffered nine damage in one go against Doug, which was quite unpleasant. So it will die if you're not careful, um, but at the same time, will do damage in return. So it's a fairly solid attacking character, I would say. Um, it's quite hard to think about attacking character because it's not holding a sword or a big weapon or anything. It's just it's big and it can hit stuff hard. So I do like it. Um, I've used it well in both times, I would say. Um, actually, no, sorry, not I've used it well. In the first game I played with it, it died really quickly because I charged it out in the middle of the board and it got killed by long-range um, gnome fire. So I probably wouldn't take it against gnomes, actually, because it's just going to die really quickly early on with a plus-one evade. Um, with, like, quarrel hitting it, it's just, it's just going to go down really quickly. So I potentially wouldn't use it against that. Now, of course, what you can do is, if you're using Boris, is you can summon a Dacolope, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so in terms of how those three might then interact with the other uh, Fawns and Leshevolt, um Gloom likes to be near a Dacolope or other animals because he can bend, he can move animals around. Apart from that, it's, he's fairly standard, so he's simple. And same with the Dacolope. Ideally, you probably want Dacolope with Gloom. Um, also, Dacolope, of course, can go with Joanna, who can benefit from animals being nearby, so that's always a bonus to think about too. And if you've got Joanna and a Dacolope next to each other and she's suffering less damage because it's an animal, that's pretty horrible because she's also really good in combat. Um, Ch uh, Chubbs wants to be with Fawns, really, because of Rouse. Um, but would I think Chubbs would probably still be good in a normal list. He still basically can shoot people and heal, so that's still good, whatever. Um and they all work well with the other fawns as well because they offer something the other fawns don't have. Mr. Toodle's got healing. Like I said, it's not a standard um, cleric-y character, but they will work well with other fawns. And they will work well with uh, within other Commonwealth and Leshevot lists as well, I think. Um, Chubbs is particularly useful with Boris, I would say, because you can give it, give Boris the extra energy to cast Summon Jackalope, which costs four 
had two murder bunnies. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's still early days with these ones. They haven't been out too long. I've only played two or three games with them. It's hard to say what else they can sort of do, but um, Gloom, I think, would obviously quite like to be near someone like uh, Graddock. So he can cast his spells with him sort of impunity. Um, Dacalope. Well, Dacalope is quite... The good thing about Dacalope is it will work quite well even completely separately from anyone else. Like, it's quite happy to be near Gloom. Um, but it doesn't benefit from any fawn abilities or any cultist abilities or anything like that. So it's quite happy by itself, which is often quite useful. There's often... You often when you do a Moonsun drop, you get one that fires off the side away from anyone else and the Dacalope's a good one to go for that because even if that's all it does it's just go and get that moonstone and then gradually work its way in it's probably going to hold on to it because it's got 10 health um, and you know people are going to be scared of going after it because it can hit quite hard so good for that definitely good for that let's go on to the last one and then we'll talk about it a little bit more generally than we need to so the last one is Boris the Bunny Summon a bit of the poster child I would say for the Leshevolt Kickstarter He's quite a lot of fun, as you can imagine, being called Boris the Bunny Summoner. Melee 2, so low melee, well, he's a form wizard, so you'd expect high melee on a wizard. Range 2, though, because he's holding a big um, shepherding crook. Arcane 4, so not too high, interestingly, and there's a reason why it's not 5. Evade 0. Um, so, passivities first, got shepherd's crook. If it deals slicing or piercing, reduce damage to nothing. If it does impact, it's plus one. So he can do a bit of extra damage if he wants to, um, which is good. Herding. Um, if his character deals melee damage to an animal, you may choose to reduce damage to nothing and move that animal X where X damage you would have dealt. Not quite sure what that's for. I mean, you can attack your own people, so you could um, use it to move a bunny up the board a little bit. If you've placed a murder bunny and then you want to move it a bit further, you could potentially do that. Or a jackalope, for example, because you can attack, I think you I think you can attack your own people. I've said that now, I'm not even sure you can. You might not attack your own people, um, in which case that would work, but I'm not I'm not now I've said that I'm not sure if it does, and Tom will have to correct me on that. And last of all, um Shabby Old Coat reduce magical and slicing damage by minus one. So that's pretty useful. Good against fairies. To have minus one magical and slicing is always useful anyway um so it makes them a little bit more resilient but then really boris is down to two other things i mean that those three are just things that are useful for defending himself and keeping him alive but longer or little things but really he is about the two arcane abilities which is summon the murder bunny and summon the jackalope so summon murder bunny costs two and he has three energy and it's cast on any two, green, blue, or red two, and you place a murder bunny within three inches. It does say six on the card I've got in front of me, but I know we've reduced it to three from playtesting. It gains three energy, it's now considered part of your troop. I'm going to activate this turn as normal. And the catastrophe is it suffers three wounds. Karen Morris suffers three wounds. So three wounds is quite hard on here, actually, because he's only got eight health. If you do have a catastrophe from it, it's quite it's not great. So normally, he'd, you know, in a standard list, I guess, for want of a better word, he'd only be able to summon one. But all it takes is Brother Daniel near him at the beginning of the turn, and he can give him the extra energy so he could summon two murder bunnies. And we'll get on to murder bunnies in a bit, but um, that's really useful. Summoning murder bunnies is definitely his most powerful and most useful ability, because they are 
really useful. I'll, I'll talk about this last thing, which is summon the Dacalope. Um, you can only do it if there's no Dacalope in place. You can't already have a Dacalope and summon another one, which is obviously really important. Two Dacalopes on the board would be ridiculous. Now, to cast it, because cast on any three, he suffers three wounds, and then you can place a Dacalope within three. It gains three energy, and now considered a normal part of the troop, same as normal. So you can just summon the Dacalope, which is really good. He does suffer three wounds as a result. The catastrophe is that he suffers three wounds still, and you can place a Murder Bunny instead. So, even if you fail it, and suffer the catastrophe, he still gets to summon a bunny. Now, I think if I was the opponent, and I just failed it as normal, then I, was, I probably wouldn't play the catastrophe. I'd rather they didn't summon the murder bunny. I'd rather summon nothing. So personally, if, I, if it was me, I wouldn't play the catastrophe against this as the opponent. What you can do, of course, is you want to get dealt your hand, let's say four cards, and you haven't got any threes, but you have got a catastrophe. It would be tempting to just cast a catastrophe and get a murder bunny anyway, even though you suffer three wounds. Because at least you're getting something. I've only tried to summon Dracula once and failed. And I, th- I think I summoned a murder bunny instead, but I think I might have done nothing because I won't suffer any wounds. It is quite hard to summon the Dracula, which it should be. He needs extra energy for a start because it costs four. Then he starts with three. Daniel can help him with that. Kavana. A few other cats can help him get that. Chubbs can give him the extra energy. Tabby can give him extra energy, so he can get the extra energy, some of the But it is he's only arcane four, and he needs threes to do it. There's a good chance he's not going to get any threes. And it uses up all his energy, so if you fail it, and don't even summon the murder bunny, that's just him done. And it's someone else's ability with giving him energy that's not been used. So it is a bit of a risk. I personally prefer to just summon more murder bunnies, because they're just more reliable. And I'm not one necessarily taking that risk too often. Because I obviously think, think the murder bunnies are pretty useful as they are. But, you know, if you do get off and you get a jackalope, that is pretty awesome. Because as we discussed earlier, the jackalope is, is good. It's a dangerous character. So his um, signature move is on thrust. It does impact damage. So he gets that plus one from Shepherd's Crook. Standard kind of damage stuff. It's not so good against... doesn't do as much damage, but it'll do obviously two. So high guard, it'll deal one damage. Falling swing, thrust, it'll deal two. Rise attack and low guard, it'll deal two. Um, because of the plus one. But it deals, this attack deals plus one for each animal within four. Which is quite good, actually. If you summoned a couple of bunnies, and there's a jackalope nearby, for example, suddenly he's plus four damage with that. Which is a bit horrible, really. Because you get plus one from the impact and plus for the animals. That's quite scary. So he could end up being a bit of a melee beast. Actually, he manages to get thrust off, obviously. He's only melee two, so there's a good chance that he won't get it off. I do like Boris a lot. It's a lot of fun to play with. Quite infuriating for your opponent summoning murder bunnies. At the moment, he's possibly a little bit overpowered, mainly because the murder bunnies are actually quite good. But we'll, well, I'll cover the murder bunnies in a second. But he is still very much in playtesting, so I've seen a lot of comments from our videos and on the Kickstarter page about him being overpowered. And people need to remember that he is very much in playtest, as all these characters are. They've been playtesting, they're not finished yet. There is still work to be done. I've used him a couple of times. I know that Tom's used him, I think. He has been used, and we are looking at his abilities and working out to make sure that he is not so overpowered. Because one thing that I know Tom has said before, and I completely agree with myself, what you don't want 
for what we don't want for Moonstone, what he doesn't want for Moonstone. We don't want auto includes. We always have to think about who you're going to take. The exception to that, obviously, is the healers. You always want at least a healer in the troop. But apart from that, we don't want we don't want to see those auto include troops. And as Moonstone hopefully becomes more of a competitive game as well, we'll see more tournaments. Um, what we don't want to see in those tournaments is just the same troops being brought every time. We want someone to bring some humans, someone to bring a mixture of humans and gnomes, someone to bring some fairies and goblins, some to bring a rogue build, some to bring what Tom calls a pacifist build, which is the one I used a bit last night. Some to build what's called a noble build, which is where you have sort of um, young Jack and maybe Joanna and Fancy Hat, and then you might bring Gotchka, and there's another giant that's got the same bodyguard ability called Brunhilde, bringing those as well and just really tanking it. So you really, really tanky list. Um, you need to stick a healer in there just to make sure. We want to see those varieties of lists where they, they do well against some and not so well against others, but there's that variety. So please remember that everything is in playtesting at the moment. So we've mentioned about murder, something murder-based. Let's talk about what well, I'll talk about. Not let's, I'll talk about it. Murder bunnies. So they've got no signature move at all. Melee 3, range 1, arcane 0, evade minus 1. That's all kind of standard, I think. They're little bunnies. They're going to be evade minus 1. At the moment, it says that they're uh, just less developed. But I think that will change to Commonwealth as well because they're working with Boris. But that's just a little thing. Summoned being, you can't choose it for a troops. So you have to be summoned. Breeding like rabbits, another passive ability. All abilities are passive, actually. Breeding like rabbits, not unique. You can have duplicates, but you can only have three. We've changed that, so we can only have three. I never actually summoned more than three, but if you could have five, it'd be ridiculous. Um, for example, weakling. So it reduces melee damage by minus one, harvest cost plus one. It's got razor incisors. Um, character plays rising attack and does plus two damage. That's pretty good. That counteracts the weakling and sort of plus one. And like the tackle, it has hippity. So it can move freely over intervening obstacles and models during jog actions. Five health, three energy. And they're pretty good. They do die very, very quickly because they have no defensive buffs whatsoever. Um... They are very useful. I think there's a possibility that might, they might need a bit of a nerf. But they are really good at the moment. They can do a decent amount of damage with the plus two. And they can kind of be annoying. You can swamp people with them. You can crowd moonstones with them. You can block off shot lines of fire with them, which I've done before. Summon two directly in front of a character. And completely blocked off the fire spitter so they had to hit a murder bunny rather than me. Um, they use up activations, which is really useful. That's the thing I think think that might need to change. We'll we'll see what happens, but because um, if you have two or three on the board, for example, you just activate each of those first. Then you can use your healer late on with impunity. You can use your bigger damage dealers, and your opponent can't do much about it. So they are really good, but we'll see if they if they need any changing. And same with Boris. So overall, those five characters, the last Leshbolt that we've got to cover. Um, they're fun to use. I enjoyed the game I used them in. Um, like I said, still in playtesting. I don't think the Jackalope, Gloom or Chubs need much changing personally. I like them as they are. I wouldn't change much. The only one that this still needs a bit of looking at is, is Boris. But he's quite a complicated one. He's the only one that can summon stuff. So it's a very new... Um, well, not so much for Tom. He's obviously known it for a while. But for most Moonstone players, being able to summon new characters to the board is a very new feature 
with this Lesher vote, so it's something we will, we've all got to learn how to deal with. There are ways to combat it. One, kill Boris, um, is always a starter. So go after Boris particularly first, which there's ways of doing that. Um, you can just ignore the murder bunnies or wait for them to attack you and then just hit them back because they can't do a huge amount of damage. They're quite weak. Um, they're, they're not too easy to ignore. We'll, we'll see what happens with them. I think the murder bunnies are the thing that need, need possibly need a bit of looking at. But the rest of them, I think, work really well. Um, well, Boris works really well. He just needs to, we, he's just very much still early, early playtesting days with Boris. Um, I hope people find that interesting and potentially useful. All these cards are available just on the website for people to look at as well and play yourselves and see how you feel. I think they all work well with the other Lesher Vault as well. One, because they don't require necessarily require the extra energy, particularly Gloom, Jackalope and Chubbs. They can activate freely without having to worry about getting that extra energy to cast those powerful abilities. But they have quite standard useful spells um, and the movement shenanigans I think are really useful. You know, Gloom, Jackalope and Chubbs all have extra movement stuff they can do. Boris Sensang does in the sense that he can summon a bunny which can then move so they all have board control abilities which are really useful um and Lubar can obviously hit stuff quite hard be interesting to see how they get used going forwards and how often the fawns get used uh, i really like the concept of the fawns and i hope they get used well um because i also think they'll mix well within standard commonwealth lists as well i think you could see gloom jackalope and chubs going together with some humans and some gnomes um that'd be good and some giants and things too so it could be interesting to see how people use these characters going forwards. Okay, I'll leave it there, I think. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Um, don't know what my next one's going to be about, because I never do. Um, I don't really have a particular plan for these podcasts, I just like doing it. Um, but we'll continue playtesting. Um, I would check out um, a recent battle report on the Oldie Battle Reps, a channel I have with Jack, where I use all of these characters all five of them and you'll be able to see them um on the tabletop how i used them i think i used them fairly well in that i think i did so best to check out that as well to see how they get used okay thanks a lot for listening and i hope you enjoyed it